now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello, my little boob tube brats! Today is the first episode of Freak's Choice, where each of the freaks picks a movie. And we're starting it all out with a little cathode ray carnage. It's David Cronenberg's Videodrome. And never has the glass teat been fleshier. Let's see. We've got hallucinations. Check. Stomach vagina. Check. Blondie's burned boob. Check. Full body cancer and a handgun. Check. James Wood being VHS raped check and oh there's just so much more so grab your tv dinner but don't sit too close you could get a talking brain tumor oh lucky you today we are witness to the dawn of a new communications era brought upon us by satellites lasers fiber optics microprocessors and magnetic bubbles for the transfer of information Ideas. Knowledge. Oh, and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I'm Chris Honeywell. A rather tentative introduction to the title of the the show. But uh, this is one I've been looking forward to for a long time looking forward to this for a long time it's videodrome one of my all-time favorites and i've got the whole crew assembled here with me i've got chris tyler the hair metal hero oh, hold on i just gotta i got a little itch in my stomach vagina Ooh, double j jason jacanetti uh, i think it'll fit but it's kind of a beta you gotta kind of shove it in there it's better quality <laughs> <laughs> el jacon luke jacanetti I just can't cope with the freaky stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you on this network for? <laughs> and Sean Engel. From now on, I'd like to I'd like everyone to refer to me as Doctor Oblivion. <laughs> do you oh, do you choose only to uh, speak to the public in podcast form? From yes, uh, I, I never I never meet with anyone aside from outside of podcasting. No one, no one, no one may ever see or so communicate with me. We're talking. In fact, all of we're this talking is recorded. Daughter, who's just sitting there with a uh, Sean Engel soundboard, just like playing, <laughs> playing you posthumously from all the sound bites that you recorded. Yes. Before the man got you. Yes. The man. <laughs> Chico was absent. The man. Yes. Well, I gotta say, we're doing. This is the first episode of of. Uh, Freak's choice. Yeah, Freak's choice. Freak's choice. And um, 
you know, this isn't the one I picked, but this very well could have been the one I picked. I was yeah. this was almost like getting a bonus when I heard that well, we were doing this one because well, I love this movie so yeah, much. And what, what's funny is that this was actually my choice when we went around and did our freaks choice. This was mine, and I had an ulterior motive at the time. I'm gonna peel back the fourth wall. You know, Videodrome's kind of about the things that exist below the surface. Yeah, well, so I'm gonna give I'm gonna give all you listeners a peek below the surface. You below know, the uh, surface. a little Spread bit open. We're gonna we're gonna just yeah reach in there with both hands and just jam it on in there is what <laughs> we're gonna do here. But I picked Videodrome because I know that Videodrome is one of the personal favorites of my brother as a backdoor way to get him on the show. But then they brought him on a couple of months before and the whole thing kind of blew up. So, <laughs> but it works out because I love Videodrome also. So it was kind of a win-win for me in that sense. Should we really be using the phrase backdoor way <laughs> when we're talking about chest vaginas? I see absolutely no reason not to. I think it's irresponsible. I think it's Good irresponsible enough. if we don't. We're doing a Cronenberg movie, so yeah. Yeah, that's it's true. Everything's fair as, game. Yeah. As well pilot on, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, Canadian, for the love of God. That's true. Yeah, we're talking about stomach vaginas. We're not talking about armpit penises. That's a whole different that's Cronenberg movie. Oh, wow. yeah, that's rabid. That's rabid, yes. Yeah. Another, another great movie. But uh, no, and, and what's fun, he's talking about, you know, David Cronenberg, and it's very clear we are once again in Canada, uh, because <laughs> only bad, I know it's like, I don't know what it is with Canadians, you get uh, Cronenberg, you get, uh, what, Clive Barker, you know, uh, Rush, Ed the Sock, but um, it, bad, bad shit goes down with that. Uh, my, there is a great bit in here that takes advantage of that it's in Canada is that the radio station is C-R-A-M, Cram. <laughs> and I, I looked this up in Canada. Radio station call centers do call letters do start with C, so it actually is mm -hmm. correct. It wouldn't be K Ram like it would be, you know, uh, on the West Coast. Yeah, Westin, yeah West it would actually be spelled correctly. Yes. Well, there's K Ram. They're supposed to be in Chicago, right? Isn't no, they're, that, in, no, they're no, in Toronto. No, they think they say Canada. They say, they're I think, in yeah, Canada? because I think it's Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. Yeah, yeah, because they have something. I, I noticed they had a sign on one of the buildings that said like. Toronto Broadcasting System or something okay. like that. Then so. some, then, yeah, okay, that's right, yeah, because I'm saying he, there's some point he's talking about Chica something in Chicago. Chicago is where they supposedly are filming video. No, it's Philly. No, no, that's, that's, Philly, that's Pennsylvania. Right. Pittsburgh. 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 Right. Yeah, they're, they're going to Chicago for something, but yeah, Pittsburgh that's is right. where yeah, they're, they're going filming. to Chicago. I would yeah. not be surprised to find this shit being filmed in Pittsburgh. No? No. no. Just no. saying. Just saying is all. Pittsburgh. Or Chicago. You know, you know western Pennsylvania, where life is cheap. There goes our Pittsburgh <laughs> listeners, yeah. both of them. Yeah. Well, the you know the thing is, it's funny is uh, the, you know they call it in the movie they refer to it as Civic TV, right? That's what the station is. Um, well, it's right, like it's PBS or something. Yeah. Oh well, the thing is, it's but it's it, it, it's based on City TV, which is a Toronto television station from the seventies and early eighties. Well, that's Cronenberg growing up. You know, was um, like the public access. Well, they they were notorious for broadcasting softcore porn. Or baby blue films, as it's known, um, up there. You know, it's, it's that's what they call it, the, the softcore shit. We would, we would call Skinamax right. here in the states. Ooh, they called baby blue films, and that's what they were notorious for doing. That's a euphemism. I, I just do. That's just wrong. <laughs> what I love about this movie is it's sort of ahead of its time. It, yeah. Like issues that have been brought up more by the internet. 
than oh, yeah, TV when, ever when, uh, ever did. But he but the, it was too yeah. early to anticipate the the internet, right. or it wouldn't even have worked if if he had anticipated it. Yeah, I mean it's eighty three. Oh, yeah, I mean, the whole the the whole bit on the when they're on the talk show with Professor Oblivion, where he talks about well that is my TV name and everyone will have a TV name that hides yeah. their true name. It's like mm-hmm. holy oh, crap. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's serious. Even, you know? even, even, that was crazy even, talk when that movie came out too. And, yeah. Even even more than that, think about it. How many shows do you see where they're like, "Well, we have someone, you know, live via Skype, and, and they're just being broadcasting because they can't be there." That's, ex- I mean, forget that. I mean, all the other stuff too, but it's just that even the idea of that person can't be there, so we're gonna ha- watch them on a video. Now, no one thinks anything of it. Right. You have, you know, you have them interviewing uh, about, um, you know, the the Flake Gate there. They have four different reporters in four different parts of the country, all reporting, and they're all being sh- beamed in. No one's there. There's one guy in the studio. Yep. Yeah, it's just, it's just Stat Boy in the studio going, yeah. Woody Page! Woody Page! Some ESPN humor for you, other guys. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it reminds me a lot of They Live in that way, where it's like really yes. timely and retro at the same time. Yeah. 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 That's one of the notes I had right here. It says, this movie is both futuristic and yet nailed completely into the time it was made mm-hmm. because it's talking about the, the, the VH, the, the, well, the, the cassettes, a lot yeah. of them are Betamax. Right. And you look at them, they are, which is very much like, I mean, you could show someone a Betamax. Now they're like, what the fuck? What is you show that? Somebody you know? VHS now and they go, well, <laughs> yes, are oh, you, I understand. Are, in all seriousness, Mike, I asked my kids the other day, it's like, do you guys want to watch something? And they go, can we watch something on tape? I'm like, why? It's like, cause we have never watched anything on tape and you have all these tapes. <laughs> Awesome. I'm like it's just like a DVD. No, it's not. It's bigger. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's less quality, and it might jam. <laughs> you have to adjust the tracking. Uh, we could do a whole show on VHS as a format, but yes. But the the idea of you of uh, the media of the time really sets it. But at the time, that you know, it, it it's also cutting edge at the time. There's there's this yeah. whole, especially now looking back on it, there was this whole cassette tape culture both for for audio and for video that this really plays a lot on the idea of you know um well we're we're pirating the the signals we think they're coming from malaysia and okay we'll just make some tapes of it and he's got that you know when when he brings um what's her name to the his apartment she's looking through his his racks and racks of pirated tapes because he got any porno Nikki, you yeah. know, so it's yeah. like that. I mean, that the tape traders and all that shit uh-huh. from the '80s. So it's so much a part of that. But is that really any different now no. than when you get on the, you know, on the the, uh, you know, the, I, I don't want to say the the dark web or whatever, but you well, get that's on the, essentially what well, video drum is. It would be the dark web, right? Yeah. But it's it's the idea that it's the state. People are still trading tapes. It's just now they're they're vid files and not a cassette tape. It's not send me this tape wrapped in a plain brown wrapper. It's like here's your Putlocker. Uh, URL that yeah, yeah, this is on, you know. Yeah, it's and all it, Pirate Bay or it's you mm-hmm. know whatever whatever sh- file sharing site you have. It, you know, it's just translated from the mode of recording that they had at the time to the present day, where it's all digital and everything. So it is right. very it is a very prescient film. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and in some ways now with that, it's it's less skeevy. Because mm-hmm. it's because mm-hmm. it is so available mm-hmm. and it's so talked about. Well, yeah, yes. it's not like a black market. You know, you didn't have to go to your hacker guy, pirate guy who lived in his little, you know, room full of equipment and would, you know, pull down ten minutes of the broadcast. You know, it's it's you just go to your computer and log on. 
right yeah, a, yeah. Lo- a lot of the stuff that they were doing in in the videodrome videos you, you could probably I'm not saying from experience but I can I'm saying well I'm saying from experience. <laughs> you could probably find on your average you know free mm-hmm. porn site you look at a look at a getting yeah look at a Russian yeah. casting or a, or a Czech casting and that's yeah. a big part of what it is 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 a physical right yeah. now, yeah. now, yeah. now, now actual already. actual snuff right. films I've thankfully not seen I don't believe I'm, they exist nobody's really found a real snuff film they found yeah. films of people being killed but those are like trophy yeah. films news. by serial so, killers yeah. like somebody filming a movie to sell yeah, as but a, Dwyer blowing his brains out is not a snuff film that's a news report right unfortunately right. that the news is the, is the real stuff yeah, a snuff film is yeah. technically someone films a movie of someone killing someone to For the intent of making money of on making it. a movie and right. selling it to people who want to see it or whatever and it's like why make those when exactly there's just footage of bud dwyer out there you know well, and well even, that's that's even the then, line that's from the movie what, yeah that's what max says in the movie it's easier it, it's safer and cheaper to fake it yeah and, and i love that that he he immediately assumes and and i'm going to use a pejorative term that you guys know i really don't like but it's the only one you can use in this context he essentially assumes max assumes upon seeing videodrome that it's torture porn Yes, that it that mm-hmm. it's simulated torture mm-hmm. shot in a pornographic na- nature, and that he just immediately jumps to that because that's the world he lives in is the world of artifice well, that is television. Yeah, so the idea that it might be real, it's like that's just stupid. Why would anyone do that? They you illustrate know? that Cronenberg uh, illustrates that so well of him in that first scene, which is so incredibly like the sound is so well mixed and thought out in that scene where he's just walking around his apartment and he's, you know, he's just sort of like messily eating food and uh, picks up the pictures and starts thumbing through the pictures. And he's just, you know, know, and when I first saw that in the eighties, I was like, Oh, look at all this nudity and depravity. And and it looks pretty mild to me now. I'm more max like now, I guess, but he's so like cynical about it. And like, you just hear the sound of the rustling of the paper and him eating and the like squishing of the food as it gets stuck on the paper. And yep, it's just yep. this perfect illustration of just like kind of how cynical and skanky he kind of is. What it mm-hmm. got me and is he wakes up to the video and that's his secretary doing his wake up video. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, if you think about it, um, and now it's not the way I wake up in the morning, but some people have their phone set and when they wake up, Siri starts talking to them and starts saying, hey, today you've got this and it'll tell you your day. That's all programs you can have on your phone or on your tablet or yep. whatever and it'll go through your day for you. You say, hey, it's Tuesday, whatever, and it'll give you all this information. And I'm like, oh my God, that's like, she films that and then gives him a tape and he plays the tape and it and it plays all night till it gets to the point where he wants to, the hour he wants to wake up and then that kicks on at that time. Because it's the same civic video, little bumper that happens and happens and happens. Then she goes on and talks. Then it goes back to bumper, 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 and he wakes up. And I'm like, yep. oh my god! So his his TV is on nonstop. Yeah. His entire world is the is you know I mean that's not it's the video world. He lives in that world, mm-hmm. and his entire life is that. So to him. You know, when he gets up there and he's and he's eating the pizza crust and gets the smudges on the side of the of the pictures of the nudes and he starts dunking the pizza crust in his his uh, yeah. cappuccino Ugh. he makes. It's so <laughs> amazing. The saddest gross. looking cappuccino. Too. It is. Well, but think about it. But look at his apartment. 
Oh, I know. Park, it's I mean, yeah. It, we're talking about it's it's all of two rooms that you can see. It's a kitchen and the the living room, and then there's the bedroom. And the only reason you even know there's a bedroom is because he wants the the guy to go take the picture of the he thinks the the dead woman in the bed. Like it's not he's not living in the lap of luxury by any stretch of the imagination. You know, it's this grimy, seedy, disgusting thing. And at no point are you sitting there going, man, this guy's got a great life. I want to be this guy. No yeah. one wants to be this guy. Yeah. Well, that's He's a Cronenberg the... thing right there. Is yeah. there's no there's no likable people in this movie. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, he's the Sorry, head of ahead, he, he's the head of channel eighty two. Which, if you think if you think you're talking about you know pay access channels or UHF channels, that's even worse than Weird Al's UHF, <laughs> yeah. UHF channel. So that was he's not. Yeah, yeah, he's not even. You got it all on UHF. Yeah, yes, you do. But you know. Sorry. He, he, he strips all he's, of this. He's not, you know, even as it, you were saying that even in, when they're getting the picture of the, he's trying to get the picture of the girl in the bed. That's not really a bed. If you look at it, it's a fold out sofa. <laughs> that's, that's how yes. minimalist this guy is living. He doesn't even have his own bed. He's got a fold out sofa, which he watches his TV on and then pulls out and goes to sleep. Yeah. This is a, his bed pulls out. I don't know. Hmm. At least it's in a separate room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, and the other thing that really struck me about rewatching this because it's been a, a few years since I've last watched video, probably since I have the original release DVD. Ironically, it has the Canadian video sticker on the back, so I thought that was a big boost. <laughs> also, you open it up, and, it, and I put this on the Facebook chat. It has uh, it had a, a, a get a subscription to like Home Theater Magazine. I'm like, really, really? <laughs> I think but, that's still uh, around. Not not to sound like the Miz here, really. But uh, the but the thing that really struck me is I'm talking about being a Cronenberg film, and one of the Cronenberg aspects of it is that so much of this film is sexualized that even down to the the things that we 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 made some jokes earlier about the stomach vagina, but the one the one that stands out to me is not not that is earlier when it's when it's Max and Nikki when she tells him I can take it with the needle in her ear. <sighs> the the pen mm -hmm. it's the act of penetration mm -hmm. with the phallus through her ear that and she is almost orgasmic from that mm -hmm. you know she has more of a reaction to that than when they're actually you know having you know performing coitus so now, that that's such a Cronenberg thing this hypersexualization right. especially at the time that Cronenberg was doing that we're more used to that I think now where everything ultimately lowest common denominator is about sex especially on like American television and a lot of American film but. Cronenberg doing it here and in a movie with as as just depraved message as this that is it stands out you know yeah this, this movie was way more over the top to me when I first saw it than it is now <laughs> quick question with that scene that you're talking about that's Debbie Harry that he's doing that to do you think yep. that was actually done by Debbie Harry because she was pretty punk at the time I was wondering if you know that was an actual you know go ahead you know pierce my ear with the needle and or do well, you no, think that was the Savini effect? Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, no, it was, it was. It was Baker. Rick Baker oh. did the effect. Oh yeah, it was Rick Baker. Yeah, yeah. Savini. Savini in the next one. Yeah. Um, so what happened was because I watched some of the because I have the the release Luke's talking about. I also have the Criterion version, which has a whole second disc of all the making of stuff. Um, and what they it is it's at least from what they were talking about it's going through. So she had her ear pierced. He's she's he's putting the needle through her ear, and it's just the effect behind it of the blood. Okay. Right. He's not asking. So they did. They just they put a little over the top and he's piercing through the makeup over. OK, because it's okay. an actual thing. Um, but, you know, I mean, the thing is, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's that's to me is one of the hard 
and a movie that has stuff in it that would drive most people like to vomit. It, that is one of the hardest scenes to watch because to me, the things that bother me the most are like the little are needles and the little tiny things, the little knives. Those things always bother me. I think of like Audition, the Mike film. I don't know if <laughs> seen it. When no, when she I've has right when she she has not to ruin things. It's, it's not a dead giveaway. This happens early on. She has um um uh, oh fuck what's that the she's not no, the, the the needles. She has needles all in the guy from uh and then. He's he's completely paralyzed from all the needles where she has them, and then she sits on him and then slumps her weight onto the needles. And we're watching, and I mean, I've watched, you name it, and yep. the, the most disturbing thing. And that right there, I'm like, I almost threw up. And my yep. buddy John, uh, that my brother and I have known our whole lives, he's like, "Holy shit, dude, I can't watch anymore." I said, "You ain't gonna make it to the end." She <laughs> putting needles in the guy's fucking eyes. I was like, and it's, I mean, she can decapitate people. You yep. know, I mean. Well, I mean, stuff yeah. I mean, that, with the, that's, with that's, the that's, well, we all well, have experience like a, with pricking our fingers with something. Yeah. That's, well, that's, yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Well, you know, I mean, that member, you'll remember we talked about this way back when we did Profondo Rosso. You know, yeah. Argento said in that that he wanted all the murders to be something that people would have some kind of sense memory and be mm-hmm. familiar with. You know, whether you bang on the hard ledge or you scald yourself with hot water. It's the same with little cuts like that, with pricking yourself with a needle or cutting your finger with a with a with a butcher knife while you're cutting something or something like yep. that. So we're all familiar with that. Yeah. You know, it's it's it all it it. Uh, and it, it's true, again, even given the the effects, and the effect in that scene is fantastic, because sure. like you said, Sean, I mean, you look at it, and you can, you I said, show me where you can see that's an effect, you know, that that's not them actually putting a needle through Deborah Harry's ear. But it's something so simple like that, that, that gets under your skin and makes you, you know, it, it, it sets you up, because we're already, at that point, Max is already becoming addicted to Videodrome. You know, he tells Nikki, I think it's the next thing. I think it's what's next. Mm-hmm. And that alone is prescient on Cronenberg's part, but we've already seen that the the effect that watching this the uh, you know just the the, the desensitizing effect the uh, uh, addicting effect that watching this this out of context violence is having on him, and now he's met someone who wants the violence performed on her who gets off on that pain the, this masochistic woman and, and so we're kind of disturbing to him at first too so when he pricks her ears he's a little bit like you get a he's projecting a little of the audience reacting because he's a little he's intrigued by it he gets over it pretty damn fast but he's still a little just like ooh. but you know when when she burns her breast with the cigarette butt he's <laughs> totally freaked out by that well, I think that's more of, you know, guys will will be, uh, you know, freaked out at the destruction of a beautiful set of breasts in general. So <laughs> yes. the thing is, that when you look at Cronenberg at this point, because um, he had his rabid is his first movie. And I'm I'm, I'm assuming most people have seen rabid. Um, and then uh, Shivers was 75 or Shivers yep. first or rabid. I mean, they're Shiv- right around Shiv- the same Shiver- time. No, Shivers came before rabid. I Shivers so, was yes. 75 and then rabid was 77. Okay. So okay, I had him backwards. But yeah. when you watch a movie like Shivers, and 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 it's all about the body, it's 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 the body horror. It's all about his, his about the body and the destruction of what's there, and you know the loss of self and stuff. And then you watch Rabid, um, you know, with 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 um, Marilyn Chambers, they're having the the thing coming where she becomes a vampire, but she's not sucking your blood. She's got a thing under her arm that's a complete phallic that's basically raping you till you die from blood loss. He has such an obsession with the body and how you can you know bend it in a way to like 
it's 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 that pleasure for pain and and it's it is so amazingly clear when you when you especially when you read anything that Clive Barker talks about where things come from right yeah Clive Barker has always said that David Cronenberg is one of you know he's he idolized Cronenberg when he was younger and it and it got in his head and is part of those things when you start looking at what came out of Barker and I'm not just talking Hellraiser I'm talking any of his stuff it's that 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 sense of like the pleasure for you know pleasure and pain being mm-hmm. hooked together and Cronenberg was so ahead of his time yeah. um, with stuff that people didn't understand it. And and it's 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 funny when you look at something like like Cronenberg's uh, version of The Fly, which mm-hmm. today, I mean, we watched that about three weeks or four weeks ago. My wife and I, I'm like, oh, Kelly, you got to watch this. And she's like, what the hell is this? And I'm like, trust <laughs> me, watch. She goes, because it's Gina Davis and Jeff Bo Global. Like, it's going to be great. And she's, my wife is ready to vomit watching the scenes where he's like falling apart. But what's yeah. that? It's the destruction of his body. It's yeah. that body horror that I think, when you look at it, people are like, oh, well, like if someone, someone could look at the video drama and say, oh, this is like torture porn that they have now. And it's nothing like what's now. No, it's, right. it's nothing it's, like it's, that. It's about a commentary on that. And this is something Cronenberg comes back to because after, you know, Videodrome is 83, he revisits mm-hmm. this with Existence in 1999. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And exactly. then in Crash before that, even because you're talking about the, the combination of pain and pleasure, that's what Crash is. Yeah. I mean, crash. Yeah, you want to like talk the distilled? That's his like distilled thesis yeah. on it, almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, cra- I mean, you want to talk about a film that exists to to tell one idea, one thesis? That is Crash, and Crash is a hard movie to watch for that. Very not, not the drug drama, people. No, but, cra- yeah, not oh, not because yeah, sure. at first it's like James Crash, Spader holy and... crap! Jo- you know, uh, uh, David Cronenberg won the Academy Award. It's like no, yeah. not that, no, one. Not, no, that, not that Crash. But, <laughs> that that's for a di- that that one doesn't fit with our our motif here. How but, many people do you think rented the David Cronenberg Crash, thinking it was that one? You know, they uh, that would sure be enough. a great that would be a great story right there, like, right? <laughs> this won the Academy Award. Like, well, that you know, that's like on on South Park when they switch the labels on the tapes and it's Lord of the Rings and the porno. Yeah, it's like this porno has some amazing production values. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. It's back, back to a sluts nine. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like what do you call it? Like, dad, midgets covered in coleslaw. Is that love too, dad? Is that love too? <laughs> the, the problem is, is that you look at the. I mean, the titles are the same. It's not like someone walked in, like maybe went and saw a three hundred opening weekend, and then halfway through it got up and walked out in disgust because they didn't understand what the movie's about. Right. That that happened in the theater we were in. This woman got up and walked out in disgust. And her husband's trying to watch it. He's right. And I don't know. She goes, This is not what I thought this was gonna be about. I don't know if she thought it was a bowling movie bowling or what. Movie, yeah. But um, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, a, a friend of my wife anyway. and I, she went and goes she went to see Saw Four without having seen one through three. It's like, Well, I didn't understand <laughs> it. I'm like, it's number four. That's that was my favorite part of video drum is when the, the, the Japanese dealer is saying like he's like, Show me uh, the last episode. Man, but you're not gonna get the story, you're gonna, man. You're not gonna know what's going on. It's <laughs> uh, I, my viewers aren't going to see the first 12 episodes. I, I, I got a funny thing right there, but because someone just mentioned, let me just get this there. Uh, so that's David. Oh, I'm going to screw this up. Uh, Sudabachi. I think that's his name. Who he appeased the porn dealer, right? He's the guy in there with the porn. He yeah. later became the minister in Ontario, uh, provincial, uh, and became the uh, minister Minister's, in Ontario. Minister of uh, culture, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so the problem was, he's in this movie, which is very, at the time, very controversial. So they bring up the fact that it has he's dealing porn and he's in this basically pornographic quote unquote movie and that's what his the people running against him that was their entire campaign to try to get him uh-huh. not elected 
So, but he got elected. You know, you, know, he people, locked, you know, he must have locked up the Cronenberg fan vote, you know. So. Well, you know, people are like, people are like, this guy, he was in a movie about porn. They're like, porn? Shit, let's find this. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think it's. I don't think it's the porn. This I'm still the porn. <laughs> the porn, which is what, what they are, everyone in, in where I work, their entire school district is afraid of the porn, the definitive Just porn, one? the well, definitive I, porn. I yeah. think it's the definitive porn, and I think this. It's just hear me out on this. The idea of that that there's there's that they're afraid of the porn. The children will find the porn that is so must be definitive that you never see any of the porn at all. Think about this movie, right? It must is be that, what, the, the opening of Misty Beethoven, I guess. Well, or, uh, I'm just saying. Inside Desiree Cousteau. I'm, I'm naming all oh, the well, classics that's a good one. Right? <laughs> Debbie Does Dallas, you know, another classic. Um, but think about this, right? He's looking for the like the thing that pushes the envelope, the the yeah. next thing. And it's, it's. I mean, again, whether he thinks it's, uh, you know, um, fake or not, uh, the, the, the it's, it's like you're looking at this. It's a woman against the what a clay wall and she's it's electrified and she's being beaten and you're like the fuck are we watching well, like he's smart because he's he's the guy who programs the channel so he's yeah. one step ahead of his viewers yes well, he's right. seen it all before so whatever gets whatever makes him interested and intrigued he knows down the line that's what everybody else is going to want right or, i'm saying that's his assumption Right, but he's looking for the next thing, the, the the way to push that envelope, and that's his entire existence. And and at no point do you feel that Max is is ever doing anything for anyone but himself. Yeah, you know, he's just further in his own agenda. Well, that's yeah, it, that's why he's that's why he's so the perfect subject for manipulation. Exactly. The, yeah. I mean, this has a lot of parallels too to the Manchurian Candidate. Mm-hmm. You know, the first Manchurian Candidate since the second one hadn't come out. At this, this <laughs> predicted the remake of the Manchurian <laughs> Candidate. It's brilliant. <laughs> this movie was so perfect for me because, ne- you know, this never came to our the- you know duplex theater in in Watertown. So, and uh, so I saw it on video, of course, which is the perfect way to see it <laughs> at, at the perfect age. You know, like high school. Where it's like, you know, you can watch porn on TV, but so nudity was still pretty exciting in a movie. And that was also my burgeoning, you know, interest in mindfuck movies. This was like the perfect storm. And it was like watching it on video. It was meta at the same time while you're watching it on video. I mean, what, you, the the opening credits where it says Videodrome, that's then the credit when he gets the full tape of Videodrome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and and you talk about the you know video watching it on video, the I I love the way that Cronenberg makes the video look because it's at, a lot of scenes are actually video playing on a television. Yes, yes. and then he's yes. filming it, so we we get that that difference between film, which is air quotes up to the mic, reality, and and, and then video, which is artificial. Except yeah, that as we go, it clearly no, it's not. Video is not artificial. The real world may be artificial. What Max is seeing and what we're seeing Max see, that may or may not be real. But what's on that tape, like Professor Oblivion tells us, that's real. Right. You see, I think in the same week I'd seen um, Jacob's Ladder. Oh, Jesus. Jesus Yeah, exactly. And then I saw this and I was like. You ever notice there are some films that you say the title and everyone says that? Everybody just says, I did. That's the one that invented the the stupid visual trope of a head wagging back and forth real fast, supposing that's that's supposed to be scary. But 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 I remember seeing Videodrome and going, this is what 
this is doing it right, you know, and that, and I was scanners before scanners was before this, right? Yeah. Scanners yeah. came and out in I, I think the fly think. was the first place where people where film critics and the general populace started taking him going, this guy's a filmmaker, you know, he's a serious filmmaker, but I think Videodrome wasn't the movie to cross over, but it was where he was starting to the first quarter to third of Videodrome has that where he's starting to because he wasn't a filmmaker to start out with. He just had an interest in filmmaking and, and sort of learned it on his own by getting, you know, grants and, and stuff like that. And you can see his progression. And by the beginning of Videodrome, he's just got, you know, he's starting to get that um, um, Stanley Kubrick level of like sound design where he's really thought out what he wants to say and communicate. And then the movie starts getting crazy. And that's why I don't think it was the breakthrough movie that The Fly was because it goes just berserk, you know, I mean... Yep. Well, and what's what's strange is that what you look at Cronenberg's filmography. What does he make the same year as Videodrome? He makes The Dead Zone. Yeah, and these are two films that I don't yeah. think if you look at two any two films in Cronenberg's filmography that could be more opposite. I mean, The Dead Zone is a very good movie. Don't get me wrong, and not just because Christopher Walken's in it. It's actually it's it's one of the I think it it's right up there with Christine and Misery as one of the best I of agree. the King adaptations. Yeah. And it's yeah. very good. But and the it's Dead also Zone... like a, a, it's an attempt at with him to go at a, at a more mainstream exactly. story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's much like we talked about way back many moons ago with Christine. With Carpenter, that was a more mainstream sort of uh, more easily consumable and digestible offering from Carpenter at that point in his career. The same could be said for The Dead Zone. But The the Dead Zone, uh, see, I was only three when that came out. I, I remember it being good, but I don't remember it doing p- particularly well. It was well-reviewed. It was well-reviewed, but it wasn't like a big breakout, whereas The Fly was a big deal. The Fly, the fly was a big budget, Was had a much bigger budget. Yeah. I mean, that the, was a major release. That was a major push. I mean, you remember, think about it. The Fly was pushed real hard. Um, you know, if you, uh, um, I mean, I was six, and I remember seeing yes. You know what The Fly the reminds stuff. me of with critics? It reminds me of Mad Max Fury Road. It's one of those movies where all of us, where there's so much innate filmmaking illustrated by the director but mm-hmm. at the same time it's an exploitation drive-in movie it's a genre movie yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that they that they they can finally that the critics can finally go oh you know this is wonderful yeah. this is a grindhouse movie but it tweaks my my art house sensibilities and yeah. you know it shows you know this i i see now that this person has in, in intelligence and i mean both movies are totally worthy of the, pr- the you know the yeah. huge the praise, praise of yeah. them but yeah. i think it's a, a phenomena of where you know the these guys instead of they can they can count it as a pleasure instead of a guilty pleasure right yeah and yeah. the thing i mean the fly was so big and, and made such an impact i mean people forget this that's where the phrase be afraid be very afraid comes yeah from. it is it is I mean yeah. that. I mean that. That's just now ubiquitous. That's in you know our I mean? lexicon that, now. 
Yeah. I mean, they use that joke in, in the Adams family, and it's great in the Adams family, but, you know, it's like, that's from Cronenberg's Fly yeah. right there. Okay, so <laughs> so just, just to just pull this real quick. Sorry. So Shivers was 75, right? Then Rabid 77. Yep. Then he made a movie called The Brood, which I don't know if ever you've seen. I love The Brood. It's, it's uh, one of the killer babies, right? Yeah. Well, The Brood yeah, is one of my favorites, and it's yeah. one of the creepiest I, movies ever. It's very 70s. It's got yes. such yes. a 70s feel to yeah. it, but boy, and, and oh boy, those kids are fucking creepy yeah. and you definitely have to see the unrated version because oh, it has yeah. the, the the birth scene in it which is yeah. really outstanding he made a movie in between there called fast company scanners is 81 video drones 83 so is dead zone then he didn't make a movie until the fly 86 yeah, right so, you so think it's about like it. almost this progression to commercial success yeah in those because three and, movies because after the fly he did he did one episode uh, of friday the 13th the series which doesn't really count but then he made dead <laughs> ringers Right, yeah. which yeah, is another movie. Another messed up movie. Totally <laughs> well, think about it. You have Dead Ellie. Ringers, and then, the, and then the next movie after Dead Ringers is Naked Lunch. <sighs> I'm saying there is at no point here are you looking at Tim. Say- that movie are- was not did not deliver what it said on the box. Yeah, that's all thanks, Bart. <laughs> naked Lunch. That's like Tuesday at Hero's House, man. Yeah. I tell you what, it's it was not, not the kind of Naked Lunch you wanted. <laughs> What I'm I prefer my I prefer my dinners naked. What a disappointment that was. So, but when you look at a guy who's making movies and he's not picking, I mean, The Fly. Even though The Fly was still a mainstream movie, it's a big time remake. The Fly was certainly not the the kind of movie that was it was not like other things from that time. Uh, you know, they pushed the idea of effects. They pushed what they could get on the screen. He pushed it as far as he could. With what the body horror? I mean, when just when just the scene where he's he's biting his nails off and his his oh. you know he's he's oh. falling apart. He's falling apart. But then you look at that. You think about that. He goes into Dead Ringers. He goes into Naked Lunch. And you just see Cronenberg's like, I'm gonna make whatever I feel like making, and I'm gonna put something on there, and it's gonna challenge people. Now, is is uh, uh, as Luke was saying, is Dead Zone more mainstream than than a Videodrome? Certainly. Is the fly more mainstream than Naked Lunch? <laughs> There's no one going to argue the difference in that, right? But he makes what he wants to make. And when you look at when he moves away, he did M, he did uh, Madam Butterfly, he did Crash and Existence. But then you think about it, he got to 2002 a movie called Spider about mental illness, right? That a lot of people didn't see. It's really good, but a lot of people didn't see it. And then after that, he started making like History of Violence and yeah. he starts going to those Eastern, things. Yeah, Eastern, Eastern Promises. Promises. Yeah. yeah, that was and, a really uh, good movie too. I thought. Yeah. Right. Right, but there. Think about those. Think about like just think about uh, think, Eastern think, promises. Think about and, Eastern promises. Is that if I watch that and you strip the credits off of it, I don't know immediately that I know it's a Cronenberg. Right, exactly right. the same thing. Whereas, with History of whereas with yeah, whereas with Spider, Existence, Crash, even you know Naked Lunch, clearly it's okay. That's David Cronenberg, you know. Right, but but he but you see him growing as a filmmaker. You see him kind of like you know the ideas, the raw, the true raw stuff that's that's rabid and the brood. And shivers, and even scanners. I mean, scanners has got a lot of raw looking stuff in it. I don't mean raw like you know, like it's on your nerve necessarily. But you look at it, it's like it is. It, he's filming real life. He's using real malls. He's using real yeah. things. In in rabid, when when they're trying to the uh, um the they're trying to find where where she is and she's infecting people. And the chief police, it's a guy, and it's, it's again filming a TV. Of you're filming the TV of the report, he goes, "Well, you gotta, you gotta if you see, just kill him, just kill him in the streets." <laughs> you know, and they're throwing bodies in the back of a truck. You're like, it's just so like, not, not really guerrilla filmmaking, but it's so different than 
Well, it, it's, it was very yeah, Night it, of the Living Dead. Right, yes, like they're, exactly. They're, they're dead. They're uh, they're all they're messed all messed up. Messed up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what kind of pisses me off though is I just thought of this. Why did the critics with the fly with the reimagining of a classic horror movie as a gore soaked special gore special effects soaked reimagining? Why didn't they? Why didn't they have that same reaction to John Carpenter's The Thing? Because E.T. came out the same. Oh, yeah, right. The thing, the problem with John Carpenter's The Thing, the movie (laughs) that I truly love and will watch every time it's on, is when it was released. And that is the only thing that ever hurt that film because you can't put out E.T. at the same time as that because it's just people's mindsets were completely different. Yeah. You know? And think about it. It's 86 compared to what was that, 82? 82, Um, yeah. Yeah, right? I mean, because I'm trying to because I was four when I went and saw E.T. in the theaters, right? Um, that would have been really funny if Dad took me to the wrong theater. Can you imagine that? Dad would have gone like, for it, though. That's oh, the problem. Right. Shit. Mom wasn't with us. Dad would be like, so, don't, tell, you, don't yeah. tell your mother. <laughs> he would be like, he didn't, no, Dad didn't even say that. You know Dad. He would yeah. be like, just look at me. Be like, uh-huh. Like, we're watching <laughs> this. You know? I mean, I mean, in all fairness, when, when it came out on-, on My dad uh, used to do that, too. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well, but our dad didn't take going us. to see Swiss Family Robinson, but we're going to see Stripes. <laughs> yeah, my dad didn't lie about what we were going to see. But I'm saying is like, but we would be at home. Like I, I mean, I was in. Oh, good lord. So that's when we maybe you're so you're four. I'm probably in second grade already, having seen the thing. I saw Terminator when it came out. I saw all those things. So did my brother. Right. Yep. We saw the fly. We saw we saw RoboCop and Predator on a double bill in yeah. the theaters. Oh, we've been told. Right, <laughs> yes. right around my sixth birthday, or seventh yes. birthday. Greatest. There's nothing ever. that breaks you in more than that. And the whole point was, it's a movie, right? My daughter's four, uh, and she and she's starting kindergarten in in a couple weeks. We're watching today. Um, there was something we were, oh, we're watching something on on YouTube, and it was like like Mojo uh, box of whatever they had the top ten whatever thing. And there's just people getting killed. And she's like, this is a movie, Dad. And I'm like, yeah. She goes, okay. And she looks at it and she goes, hmm, how did they shoot that? How did they do this? Because she knows that it's not real. Because I don't let her watch the news where people are getting shot and killed because that's you know someone actually dying. She watches a movie and it's a movie. And and the thing was we were, not say desensitized to, but we saw that stuff when we were young. And when we, when I look back at something like Videodrome, I didn't see till I was older. But when I look back at movies like Carpenter's The Thing, my daughter has watched Carpenter. Well, not all of it, because because it's, it's kind of dull in the beginning with her. She's like, "Oh, you're gonna show more of the dog," you know. And I'm like, "Well, not really," you know. So she's been there when 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 Norris's chest burst open and it bites off his arms. She's seen that and she goes, "Wow." She goes, "How'd they make the head go?" And I'm like, "Well, that's a remote control car." She's like, "That's really cool. They were very smart, right?" She to her that doesn't impact her. So, but a lot of people that would have been too much for them. That would have been too much to take in. A movie like Videodrome, there's no way in the world of letting her watch that right now. She's too young for that because it's too yeah. much that's there. It's not just gore and blood. It's and not just yeah. Well, it's not. It's with Videodrome. It's not the idea that it's monsters. It's the idea of you know what what it's it's reality and what's not. Yes. And it's and it's 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 like it's, I said. I, it's not I only adult chat. stuff. It's disturbing adult stuff. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, this, this is. Yeah. I mean, this, you know, this is real life. You know, as I, my my buddy at work and I say to each other all the time. <laughs> so it's a, you know, <laughs> there, there there's there's something it, it exists on a deeper level. I think of uh, of than trying just to be even. I mean, I love John Carpenter's thing, and there's a lot of subtext in it. But at the end of the day, Carpenter wanted to make a monster movie. 
Yes, he did. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Jesus Christ, I do work destruction directive. Well, it's but... it, it's like if you have a movie where <laughs> where two people are having sex and your kid sees it and you say, well, that's something mommies and daddies or grownups do, and but then they see, you know, Debbie Harry burning her breast with cigarettes, yeah. and you say, well, that's something that. Little girls do when they grow up after they've seen a disturbing movie at a too oh, young an age. But 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 what's an interesting point is talking about who are the bad guys here? The bad guys, you know, ostensibly, you everyone. know, is it was well, everyone, but our 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 villains, if you will, you know, that this this faceless ban- banal corporation. You know, he goes to that trade show, and it's the most middle of the road wouldn't look at it twice if you were staying in that hotel, just worthless uh, type of milk toast, middle management, well, it's for suck eyegla- up trade the new show. eyeglass line. Right, exactly. It's 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 the banality of evil. Yep. <laughs> evil in real life. This is real life, man. It's, not, no mega, it's not Megacorp that's that has right. it's not, it's laser not, technology. Yeah, it's but, not it's not but, OCP. It's not a guy in a right. in a hockey mask. This is real evil. These are but, guys that are they're selling this to, to make, you know, to do their thing. Go ahead, Sean. I'm sorry I'm cutting you off. Oh, no problem. I was going to say, but didn't, uh, when they initially uh, dis- described the company that was making the eyeglasses, didn't they say they're also making eyeglasses as well as, like, missile parts or uh, yeah. something like that? They make eyeglasses and ICBMs. Uh, yeah, so, say, you know, yeah. that, is the, that is the most wild departure of or the most wild section of you know manufacturing that you've got oh we're making these <laughs> these eyeglasses for these third world countries to help people out and then we're making ipcbms to sell to the military to blow <laughs> the shit out of them you gotta have you gotta have uh, you know glass pieces hey, for targeting man in both diversification for, for some true. reason and this i think speaks more to me than of cronenberg or anybody else when he says that, the thing that pops into my head is Winslow Leach with metal teeth making tiddlywinks oh in the prison. I don't yes. know why that's what I think of. That's a Phantom of the Paradise reference for the listeners. But, okay, yes, it's just me. I thought so. That's cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like Phantom of the Paradise. <laughs> no, uh, I'm just saying why my mind jumped to that. And like, oh, well, that's put, not usually what I think of Prisoners putting together tiddlywinks in the, on the assembly line, you know. Yeah, usually I think of, and, and you're an innocent man. How many, How many innocent men are men? Innocent. innocent? Raise your hands. Right. All innocent. So, but okay, but think about that line for a second, though. How many are innocent? There are no innocent. There's as Luke said, the banality of evil. Everyone in this movie is doing something. When when he's sitting in the boardroom with the two other people that he winds up shooting, right? They're like, eh, I guess it's, it's like the most. And one, you know, the guy's like, you have anything with like, uh, what does he, he say? Like torturing or whatever. He goes, I can't get off unless it's got this in it. Like, it's just the decent that I take. The thing is, in 1983, the it's not uh, tacky enough to turn me on. I think. Right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> not tacky enough to turn me on. Exactly. Too the, much that, class. Bad for sex. <laughs> there we go. Think about that. Like, there was people were like, wow, you know, we're getting desensitized to things, and that's why no one in 83 truly could understand what's happening in 2015 you know the way yeah. thing i mean let's just think about this if you watched if you watched the news right now it depending on you know your political i'm not i'm truly not talking about politics or anything here but you know, people are like well if i watch this channel it gives me this spin and this me this spin 
when I watched the news when I was a kid and like Chuck Scarborough came on and whoever else on Channel 4 and they were like, well, you know, in the Middle East, this is happening. And okay. He was just like it was presented as matter of fact. This is what's occurring. Yeah. We had right? a national conversation about the marks on our president's penis and how he put it in an intern's mouth and then put a, mm -hmm. a cigar in her vagina. I right. bet it tastes real good. And it was like an everyday, that was like the every, the everyday conversation on the news for what, for like 45 years, it seemed. Worst humidor ever. <laughs> or best humidor. Uh, hey, in, in the immortal words of Mick Foley, when the most powerful man in the free world risked his career for a girl I would have turned down in high school, things have gone over the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> in all fairness, though, in all fairness, Mick Foley is, was, is married to a supermodel. Yeah, his wife. Colette, Colette is, is still smoking hot at 50 years old. When you're Sorry. president and you have a president's presidential schedule, it's all about availability. That's right. It's all time. It's all timing. Well, <laughs> isn't that the whole thing with with uh, Schwarzenegger? Yeah, he, exactly. He could have any Busy woman man. in the world. He he he's, has sex with the the cleaning lady. He would have She's already at the house. She's already here. <laughs> he I have a number in my phone. It's all good. He would have loved to have some sex with supermodels, but he doesn't have much alone time with. Well, nobody, nobody ever cheats up. <laughs> if you know, if you ever you know, see any scandals, nobody ever cheats yeah. up. They all cheat down. Well, I've seen some that go sideways. Hey, it's like <laughs> Well, unless, yeah, unless you get someone like um, um, like Senator Edwards or the former governor here in South Carolina who just go completely wackadoo on their their wives that are you know uh, terminally ill, because <laughs> that's always classy. Right? Yeah, At least yeah. have the decency to wait until the body hits room temperature. See, down, I don't know if this is true for you guys, but here in South Carolina, the the phrase "hiking the Appalachian Trail" has taken on new oh, connotation. Since, since Governor Stanford did that. But again, that's neither here nor there. I don't think anyone cares about South Carolina politics except me on this, uh, on this either recording or listening to this well, show. Well, so. All right, so I don't What about uh, Girl Friday? Wasn't she kind of innocent? Yeah. She didn't really I, do but anything. She, no, 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 she also did everything you wanted. Huh? The thing about Girl Friday, though, think about what kind of, what kind of work relationship they must have, you know? Because, you know, he says, oh, I didn't mean to hit you. And she's like, you didn't hit me. It's like she didn't even bat an eye at it. So she, she knows that this guy, her boss, is pretty nuts, you know? Right, right. <laughs> right. Well, that was one of the things I didn't get about that. I think I kind of thought, is that him hallucinating? Did he yes. hallucinate him hitting her, hitting her? And, you know, she's just like, no, you didn't hit me. He's, or he's, is it actually she's that depraved? No, he's, he's, him, at that point, he might have hallucinated all of it, you know? Yeah, all... She might not have ever been there. Well, it's like it's like what do you call it? It's like at some point you wonder where the you know uh, you know are we still watching the movie? Are we? Right. Is it still still happening? Is it him just sitting in his living room and all this is occurring? Um, you know, kind of thing. Like it's it's this all hallucination. What's yeah. real? What's not? I mean, there, remember, there's crazy shit happening. You know, right? There's, yeah, well, there's, you know, there was there's um, cancer guns inside his right. vagina stomach. Well, and there's well, but there's the thing. Just just real quick on that point, talking about we don't even know if, if if we're even watching the movie anymore. Just on a really tangential note, there was a uh, a couple of months, well, more, probably about six months ago or so now. You know, Marvel was doing all this stuff leading up to Secret Wars, and they were letting their writers kind of do whatever the hell they wanted in their books, right? Because Secret Wars was kind of going to wipe the slate clean on a lot of this stuff. 
And uh, Al Ewing was writing um, Mighty Avengers, which is kind of a secondary Avengers book. It stars Luke Cage and a few other characters. But the, the, the solicitation for it was, to me, almost made me buy the book sight unseen. Because it, it, it says that the solicitation just read, is this story in continuity? Are you even in continuity? What if you're not? Ooh. Hmm. And so what you were saying, Jay, about, you know, are, are we watching? Is he hallucinating all of this? Is he in continuity or does mm-hmm. he exist only in his own mind right now? Right. Exactly. And, and that's, like that's, one thing I noticed this time when he shot his partners, it was doing the sort of the film was sort of um, the at least visually going from reality to fantasy, you know, he would have that to where he would have a real gun or the, that gun. And it's and the scene where he shot his partner seemed very real, you know, it seemed like right. a scene of, you know, the way they reacted and stuff. It seemed like a real crime, but mm-hmm. then he just sort of, and I know in the chaos of the moment or whatever, you know, it's very possible that he could have just walked off by doing that sort of mumbling. They killed us. They killed all of us. And like being sort of confusing and getting off in the confusion. But I was thinking, ah, that's kind of easy. You know, it's kind right. of uh, almost like a narrative, you know. So at that point, even the stuff that's being shown more realistically, ah, you got to be suspicious and, and it, of that, too. And it also asks, you know, is is somebody else in it? Because... No one, I mean, he shoots like what, six, five or six shots in that scene, and no one reacts outside until the last right. shot. You see people walking behind him mm-hmm. through the windows when he's firing the gun. I mean, you fire a gun in an office building, everyone, even in Canada, people Pretty are going to hit the damn yeah. deck. So it's like, how much of this is really happening? How much of this is everyone is in on it? And, and you know, you, we were talking about, you know, how much, it, Sean, you asked the question is Girl Friday just so depraved that she just denies that it happened? Um, you know, it reminds me of like the realtor from the end of American Psycho. Mm-hmm. You know, who yeah. she, oh, exactly. she says, you need yeah. to leave now because what's important to her is selling that condo. Not that, you know, there were dead bodies all in it. Maybe yeah. what's important to Girl Friday is that her boss is happy. Right. That's or maybe that's what, maybe in Max's head, that's what's important to Girl Friday. This is what I'm talking about. This is a weird ass movie. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I mean, to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the uh, yeah, that's what I was saying. That's I was supposed, to, you know, Zach. I was thinking of American Psycho when you, you know, you, you start, you know, what what happens, and you know, like the things that you start seeing that he starts having, he's what he thinks is actually occurring, and what's really occurring, and one of the things that I that is really great about, it, and which when it's why Cronenberg is is you know the great director he is. It wasn't like he then turned it back and said, oh, here we are back at the beginning. And did any of this really happen? You know, kind of thing. It was just shot. It's, it's he presents what's there, and you can interpret and take it in. I mean, I know people who have seen this movie. And they were like, meh, and I'm like, how do you have an opinion? They're like, meh, I don't really care. You know, because you know that's the kind of the way they you know roll through life. You know, wow, on their that, phone. I can see that. It's just like it would, I could see like being like, well, I don't like that at all. Or yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying, but like it's it's and it's it's rare. Most people, again, most people who are willing to w- sit down and watch movies with me, um, are are either disgusted by this. Like my <laughs> wife, there's no way in the world my wife would have sat through this. I mean, she had a, the the fly. I mean, seriously, she was on her tab playing like Farm Heroes or Candy Crush or some something, and she was watching something. She goes, "This is disgusting." 
There's no way in the world she would have made it through this movie. I know it. And that's why I didn't even bother asking her to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Right? But then, like, I mean, Luke and I have seen it. I mean, we our, our buddy John. I mean, like, obviously my dad. These are people you talk, talk about it. And we just start talking about what's happening. Like, they all have opinions. But I know people who don't. I mean, uh, Rumor Magazine, back when it was in its infancy, when it was just, like, basically Jovanka and, and Rod and, like, you know, the couple people. They, we, it, was, it was very early stages of the magazine. We were on a message board. And we were all talking. And there were some people that were like, yeah, the movie just doesn't have anything for me. It's like, it's just boring. And I'm like, there's no what? point in this movie that's boring. I wish I was joking. But yeah. the, I, I, you know, you're like, how is this boring to you? They're like, oh, well, you know, things nowadays have way more of this. And I'm like, holy shit. You know, like, things have to start somewhere. I think Luke and I talked about this on um, when we talked about uh, The Green Slime. Things have to start somewhere. Cronenberg, when you watch him build his films to this film, each film is different. Each film has something in it that you're not necessarily, you know, that's not exactly what you think is going to happen. And, and and at no point are you leaving this movie going, I have nothing to, you know, even if you hate it, even if you watch the video and go, I hate this. Yeah, you, you have, have a opinion. feeling. There's, this movie is loaded to the gills with stuff to talk about and discuss oh, yeah. whether you like mm-hmm. it or not. Even if The you, movie should be polarizing. It even should if, be. Yeah, even if you're just talking about it on a technical level, it's just crammed to the gills. And as far as ideas go, and even if you even if you look at it in a goofy way, there's just so much awesomeness. Like, the guy's, the, the evil eyeglass company president is named Barry Convex. Con- I, was, yeah, I was like, you know, that's a little on the nose. But yeah, yeah, but it goes along with the sort of over the top cheese, you know, skirting that line between cheesiness and and horror. It's so oh. But I mean, yeah, right there, your bad guy's name is Barry. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's like the tick. Sorry about that, Barry. Yeah, no, you know, very convex. He sounds like a boring. He looks like a boring. He's a, a middle management suck up. Yeah. You know, we all worked <laughs> for guys like Barry Convex at some point in our lives. <laughs> Wearing a short sleeve shirt with a tie, you know. And he's it's just got kind of the pig face too, you know, like the pig <laughs> nose and the little curly hair on top, and yeah. Or the yep. that guy went on to play the exact same role probably fifteen times <laughs> in the eighties. He's a character actor. I don't yeah. remember his name off the top of my head, but he's definitely. A ca- I mean, I'm looking I'm like, oh, I'm, I, I, you yeah. see his face, like I know that guy, you know. Um, and and the thing is, he probably played that same role because what well, he looks like that. Like, I'll be very honest with you, and, and Luke Luke knows this This is very true. If you're going to an Iron Maiden show, yeah, do you, do you think you would wear a three-button collared shirt and have your hair parted to the side? <laughs> well, it depends if you got right out of work and had to go. Well, I'll be very honest with you, because that's how my dad went. Only if you looked like <laughs> any. Yeah. Well, right. and, and, and again, I, I, don't, I don't know if we told the story here or over on the long play, but uh, yes, going to Iron Maiden with my dad, we're all walking into the Hammerstein Ballroom, all getting patted down. The guy takes one look at my dad. You're good, sir. You can go he goes, ahead. He goes, You're good, sir. Right? <laughs> so think about that. Like, if my dad was an actor in that scene, you're like, that guy's the middle management guy, or that guy's the, you know, <laughs> he's the suit, like, you know, kind of thing. It's, He's the money, like in yeah. like in uh, the company, right? Yeah. So that guy exactly. does not have drugs or brass knuckles. Yes. <laughs> that guy is not going to be the problem. If that guy starts shit, we got a long night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's what that's what Barry. We got to call in the Boy Scouts. We're in some serious shit. That's all I got to say. If he, if he has a bad bad night it's because he's having like a vietnam flashback or something like oh, that geez. not because yeah. he's 
what I'm saying is, I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> when, when you're standing outside online and there's everyone's there is wearing a black shirt, blue jeans, and then there's my dad wearing, he probably had jeans on because it was the weekend, but he definitely had on a, sh- a shirt. And if it wasn't three button collar, you know, three button with a collar, it definitely was tucked in and very neat and there's no yes. stain <laughs> with his business, with his IBM business haircut. And then the hooker in the street who's going through the garbage eating the, the Chinese food. Chinese food, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which smells like horse shit. Yeah, so, it's pretty bad. Yeah, all true I'll never, stories. I'll never forget what Dad said to her, too. He goes, you should be dipped in bronze. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm saying is you think about Actually, the, the other one that was great as we're walking we up to the Hammerstein Ballroom. Did we show, too? I don't know. I, I, don't know. I don't know if a podcast might be a bit beyond them, but uh, we're, we're walking <laughs> up to the, the ballroom. I think the goddamn printers still work. Give me a yeah, break. Kick it the, yeah, we're walking up to the oh, ballroom. There's a giant, giant union flag. My dad turned, this is a British band? <laughs> yes, it is, Dad. Oh, okay. So, Continue on. But anyway. So what I'm saying is. It's like Hermit's Hermit's, Dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's not his music. He's the Doors and he's Pink Floyd, uh, and... Pink Floyd and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, and Neil Diamond. Are you kidding uh, me? Dad loved listening to Maiden. He was all down with listening to the, yeah. to the albums. With his, with, with, he listened to all the albums before they went. He's this is pretty good. You know? Um, <laughs> So the whole thing is though, but you think about like that that the people that fit into those roles, right? When when uh when people see me, you know, and and like like with my daughter, like so I have like four year olds and whatever, and people look at me like, oh, that guy's probably gonna be really bad with kids. And then I'm staying with all the little girls and I'm having a tea party and stuff because that's how you know, things roll. Um, and they're like, wow, really? Like they totally, you know, that's but on film, that's what you need. You need the Barry Convex to be the. You know, well, I, I, I got. He puts the, 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 the. What, the, what do you call that? The alt, not the alternator. What do you call that thing? Crap, I got to hear somewhere. Um, the thing on the image, acu- the image accumulator. The image right. accumulator. He goes, I, I, I can't do freaky stuff. And he has yeah, to I, leave. Right? You're like, what? Okay. Like it's inside his hallucination. He's not going to see anything. But you, you know, but that's what it is. It's like, look, I'm in for what that stuff, but I'm not into this kinky stuff. You know, yeah. I got to get out on that. I don't want you know? to get my hands dirty, right? I'm yeah, just, I'm exactly. brains behind it, but... Right. And, and, and just the one thing you said before, because you mentioned um, Victory, you said they, uh, they live. Think about it. They're trying on the glasses, right? He's trying on these glasses. And the glasses, he says, these are our new spring line, you know, whatever. And I'm like thinking to myself going, I totally, at the time, never thought of it when I first saw it, because it's just glasses. Those right there, think about what that is. That's one step away from being how do we get the signal to your eye because it can be broadcast through anything, a test pattern, a TV show, anything. Oh, now here's our new glasses, and they have these built in. Now, he even calls it. He says that device is too big for your face. Exactly. But think about like Google Glass There's no or or like the Apple. There's no way in the world in 83 someone's like, oh, I think they're going to make a thing that projects this, you know, two inches in front of your eye and whatever. But that we have it now, yeah. and you know, ten, I mean, ten years from now there'll be a little little micro projector that they inject into your eye that just projects it right onto. The- you know, they 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 predicted that on Futurama. They called it the iPhone because they embedded it in your eye. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. And, exactly. Or or even if you think about Fahrenheit four Fahrenheit four fifty one, when Bradbury's talking about the seashells in the ear, and I don't mean that's that was written, you know, forever yeah. and a half ago. We have that. You know, yeah. the idea that like. Uh, you have you have an entire generation, and I wish I was joking. Think about people who are um, and and it's it I it's not necessarily like people in in they're probably in their mid 
late late 20 in the mid 20s to like thir- in the early 30s so who don't ever read a book ever once they yep. leave either college or high school they never read a book again ever right I, I was thinking about that the other day like i mean perfect example for my for my birthday i got the new like Stephen the human King ton book. yeah <laughs> he making he's, us he's, sulk- he's sulking in his tent like a guy from chile <laughs> you mean achilles read a book <laughs> So, but like for my birthday, I got Stephen King's new book, right? The, the, the one about the writer and stuff. And I'm like, and, and, but it was like, you're getting a book. And I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to read this. Everyone's (laughs) like, you didn't get it for like your Kindle. I'm like, well, I don't read books on my tablet. I read books in my hand. And they're like, well, well, you know, you can listen to it on audio. And I'm like, I read books in my hand. Like, it's just, it it is scary. Dude, I go th- to I go to I go to the used bookstores here in Greenville. Oh, yeah. If unless there's someone there with their kids, I'm the youngest guy shopping in there. Yeah, they don't they don't understand that there's a difference. It, yeah. You still get the information put in your brain, but when you're reading a book, it actually is literally like a cooperative process mm-hmm. between the author yeah. and your imagination. And your also imagination too- is getting when you're listening to it on an audiobook. You're still exercising your imagination a little bit less, though, because there it's a lot mm-hmm. of it's being filled in by another voice. Right. You know, you're not creating it from whole cloth from the words. Right. And it's also yeah. the tactile feel of the pages. It's all that stuff that yeah, goes to that experience. The, the ephemera of it all. Yes. And, and, and that's what we get away from here in I, the video world of, of Videodrome. I think it it's, feels it's, it's better presented. on the eyes. Yeah, and and they're, they're, that cooperative aspect well, is it, what television gets rid of because television, you it, you you are passive. It used to mm-hmm. be at the missions they'd have you reading the Bible or something like that. And this, they had them watching TV. Exactly. Yeah. And another thing is, I I remember when I first saw it. There's a scene in there, and he looks over the guy's shoulder. The guy turns around and gives him the creepy grin. Yeah. And the guys, you know, now after seeing it a few times. The guy's watching like it's like video of like open hearts or everything. Everybody's watching yeah, is like sex super or screwy, vi- vi- violent. But I remember like when I was a when I first saw it and you just saw the screen for a second. And of course, I'm watching it on a low res TV and stuff. It, it could have been porn. You know, it could have yeah, been exactly. the beating heart could have looked almost like a tongue like moving or something. You know, you couldn't really tell what if it was like. Gore or porn, <laughs> yeah. and, and in the end, ultimately, yeah, it's gore. It's 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 interchangeable. Mm-hmm. You know, now, especially, especially for what Professor Oblivion is trying to do. You know, yeah, I'll be and, quick and merciful. <laughs> and then, then that's, 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 <laughs> that's awesome. the wrong show. That's the wrong show. <laughs> it's like fucking gremlins here. And uh, so, um, but you're not rocking Ricky fans. What are you doing in here? <laughs> rocking Ricky's back, folks. Out of the air. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. so, so, so the thing is, if you think about that, the idea of the the loss of what's there and the, and the mindlessness of kind of just being absorbed into there. And again, in night is 1983, and and he's talking about like people mindlessly just kind of going into this. The video, the the what's there, the video world. Fast forward that now, not, not even not even 2015. Just think about where things were. That's 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 83. 93 wasn't that much different. I mean, you didn't really have. I mean, you had more stuff on TV, you had bigger cable thing, but it wasn't like it wasn't like it is. Go from 93 to 2003. 
yeah. right? The in the iPods coming in, things yeah. like that. You even think like, I mean, we're talking a decade. We're not talking about 50 years. We're not talking about when Eisenhower was president. We're talking about 10 years. Okay. We're talking about, you know, I mean, things happen, but the jumps that have occurred in the way we can, we passively pass our lives by. There's a new commercial on TV. It talks about the people who are checking, you know, their phone during a moment, but they're checking for another moment to happen while the moment's going on. And the way around it is not put your goddamn phone in your pocket and watch your kid do the worst ballet ever or <laughs> eat your goddamn dinner. It's the new, they have it now on the side of the phone so the main screen doesn't come on. You can still check all your shit you want to check, but you can do it sneakily, right? <laughs> not not be involved, not, not, not be there, not be at the recital or the whatever. No, I can now real quick on the side of my phone check how the Yanks did today. You know what I'm saying? See, right? I would I would cut that together with the one from that uh <clears throat> I think it was the out of Ghent. Uh that that the 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 PSA was called Cow and it got picked up here by AAA Carolinas. It's I'm sure you guys have probably seen it as a viral video because that's what we share, right? Our crazy looking fucking viral videos that oh, yeah. we watch because watching crazy shit of watching the girl texting the phone and slamming into the other car. That's what I would do for there. I'd say, here, check your updates on the side. See, Slam! I, I like. <laughs> oh yeah. I like to hope that it's just a. We're in such thrall of it because it's so new, and so ubiquitous, and that eventually, that will wear off, and then they'll, 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 it's like records coming back. People will be like, "You ever tried doing that?" In real life, it's awesome. <laughs> I don't know if but you it, but know about this, but you can have sex in real life instead of watching porn. Wait, it's wait, like, you it's can? Like yeah, it's like demolition, okay. man. Remember what he called uh, masturbation. Is... Speaking yeah. of that, but speaking of that in books, I I had the thought the it might have been even earlier today when I was unpacking. Uh, I bought like thirty or forty at least books garage sailing this weekend i'm like what am i gonna do with all these books and then i started thinking about all the people who don't read books and they have no idea what they're missing and i don't know if i had this as a serious thought or just something to like impress the seriousness of how awesome reading is but i was thinking <laughs> if i was given that horrible you know those one of those devil's deals of like you can never have sex again in your life or you can never read another book Oh fuck books! I would have a hard time. I think I, I books that much. I think it would be a very hard decision for me, and I think I would ultimately choose sex. But I don't think I'd want to tell like any kid that I'd want to be impressing that fact upon, too. But I don't know. But it, then again, I don't know. It would be a hard. It would be a hard decision. Oh, it would be no. hard, all right. I think that's yeah. the problem. I, well, even, that even would though, be the easiest decision I've ever made. <laughs> even, can, even though <laughs> masturbation is is uh, sex with someone you love, um, it doesn't. That's the thing is, if ma if I could get out of it with still being able to masturbate, it might be a little easier. Yeah, masturbate a lot easier. Masturbate with a condom on the ultimate safe sex. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and no cleanup. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. You just take it and throw it in the parking lot like at Blockbuster, right? That's, <laughs> that's oh right, because everybody loves to, to masturbate in the Blockbuster parking lot. Hey, well, is... my bro we knew a guy who oh, worked God, at Blockbuster yes. forever, and he said yes. he would volunteer to do anything rather than sweep up the parking lot. He goes, "Luke, it's yes. nothing but condoms, condoms, yes. condoms, condoms." I at, see at those... least. That's at least they're at least... not masturbators. No, I know, no. but still, <laughs> but still, Spooner, Spooner, 
uh, that was his nickname. He would he would talk about that kind of stuff. Like, good lord, dude. I mean, I guess it could be worse. Uh, we did come out. The I live in a condos. Uh, we came outside once, and um, uh, the, the woman who lives next door is a uh, see you next Tuesday to no end. Um, <laughs> so so someone took uh, um, white bread and uh, put white bread all over a car and soaked it in coke. That was fun. But then we came out another time, and, and then it was they a were huge... throwing it at Smash Mouth, and then it got really. I was just gonna say, no. uh, <laughs> did she go Smash then... Mouth on him? Right. No, no, no. It wasn't on my car. It was on the. It was on the sea. It was the, the we call next door. We came out another time, and Kelly goes, "You got to see this." And I'm like, "What?" I come outside, and there's a used condom right on our windshield, like stuck to it. Oh, so, nice. So, so you know, someone was doing it. And then said, where can I throw this? Because it's not like they were having sex on the walkway outside. I wonder if they were having hate sex thinking about her. Just like, oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm no, you some would not. intent into this. Yeah. She, she, she could, she seriously, like, uh, you know, um, like, you can, whoever you want to put in, Ron Jeremy, you know, whoever you want to talk about, like, you know, their dick would fall off and shrivel if they saw this, you know what. So, but I'm um, just saying is, that, but they, to come outside, like, the kind of stuck to your like that's fucking gross and that would take the wind out of your whole day probably yeah it would i tell you, you know, right now if <laughs> you know, t- talking about violation you know, one, of the things that, one of the things that i really like about videodrome getting back to how cronenberg everything is sexualized you know we talked a bit about the stomach vagina yes. and when he when he oh. when uh, when barry says to him he goes open up to me max open up to me and he takes the tape and he rams it into it yeah, it's not and subtle it's, at all. That's not subtle at all. I mean, even for Cronenberg, no. that's a bit at, on the at nose. That, at that point, the movie had gone into the the crazy zone of just like yeah. yeah. But, well, but we I mean, we didn't even talk about the 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 you know the pulsating veiny TV and the oh, yeah. pulsating television screen as yeah. as warm embrace of a vagina. <laughs> you know, it's like God. I gotta tell you though, I gotta tell you though, only David Cronenberg can make someone stick in their face into a TV screen a little bit hot. Okay, yeah, so well, have... it's, it's like, what do they call it on, on Reddit? Confused boner, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> a little bit hot, like, a little bit weird. I'm not like, sure okay, how much. Okay, a giant TV Debbie Harry tongue licking my face might not be so bad, I guess. If well, what is, what, what's, that, what's that Woody Allen movie? Sleeper? Yeah, you know? with the giant the boobs. Oh, no. Yeah, that was with everything it. you wanted to know about sex. Yeah, yeah. Sleeper's the one where he wakes up in the future, isn't it? Yeah, everything's it was the like that. Yeah, but it, 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 and, and yeah, that I mean that yeah, well, the ladies love you know hair metal hero, but uh, they should. But the yeah, I mean that that the television scene and all that it it really is just it's off putting because again you're not sure what to think of it. Are you is it supposed to be titillating? Is it supposed to be uh, you know, horrific. It's not really clear. It's it's weird, it's David and you Cronenberg. get that. It, but exactly, it's Cronenberg. At this point, this is where you know we as horror nerds start getting the ability to say, "Well, it's Cronenberg." You know, you just kind of throw your hands in the air and yeah. say, "It's Cronenberg." Yeah. Did it, by did it, crash, did it, did it. by crash, it's just like, "Oh, you've got a fresh open wound." <laughs> Zip. Yeah. So, so I got a couple of things real quick about the TV. Um, the 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 the. the they uh, they didn't know how to shoot this. I mean, this is Rick Baker, right? And he's real young doing this. So he doesn't know how to shoot this stuff. So they actually took real TVs and they had to waterproof them, right? So they could put the different stuff in them and make the thing move because they had to put the veins through it and they had to pump fluids through it. But they had to still be plugged in and working and showing the video. 
And they didn't know how to do it. So they were trying to, they're taking the TV apart, waterproofing it, putting it back together. The craziest crap you ever see. If anyone gets a chance to see the Criterion Collection, the, this too is all the making of and stuff. The stuff they're doing, trying to make the skin look like it, it you know, it, it's moving and unju- it's all air bladders and, and effects and what different things. They didn't want anyone getting killed, right? Obviously. Uh, so for real. Uh, but they were against it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they were doing that stuff. I mean, it's, it's just crazy seeing them do that. The other thing is, uh, again, Fright Rags has a shirt, and it's it's him in the in the TV. You know, he's, his head's in the TV. It's the cover of the D, the Blu-ray and the DVD. So, and it's just done in. Uh, it's a simple like not a line drawing, but it's simple. It's a simple like the way it's done, uh, and it has just the head going to the TV and lips. So I wore that to school on a Friday, um, and no one knew it was from Videodrome. But they thought that was really cool. Like that, that really like sends a message about how like TV's taking over our world. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm yeah. just thinking to myself, going, well, I couldn't wear the one with the naked chicks on it, so I got to wear this shirt because I'm <laughs> yeah. wearing a horror shirt to school on Friday. And uh, it's kind of funny though because people had never, who had no idea it was Videodrome, no idea what's going on. They're like, oh, well, that's a message about how how you know we're so absorbed by the screens. And I'm like, yeah, English teachers go with it. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah, woo, you know, you're like, absorbed by the screeds, yeah. man. Screeds are coming to get me in my yeah. sleep, man. That's why I'm a member of the Royal Society of Mad Fellows, man. It's the only one whose thoughts they can't read. That's the one you gotta watch out for, man. And they're coming, man. I'm telling you, man. It's, all it's the real. Screens, this is real life, man. I was in McMainerberry, man, and this is real. This is real, man. And when you McMainerberry. call McMainerberry, you know, who do you talk to? The screener. <laughs> it gets started with the cupcakes, man. It's all about the cupcakes, and it's small, and it gets bigger as you get older. The cakes get bigger, man. It's all part of the same conspiracy. It's the GMOs, and they're putting the organisms, man, the silverfish, not the wrestler, but the insect. They're in your body, man, all the time. <laughs> Even that t-shirt you're wearing, man, that was silk screened. Oh, man, it's all coming back, man. I'm freaking out. My hands are so big they can touch anything but themselves. <laughs> well, speaking of your body going through changes, should we talk about one of the big central themes of most of Cronenberg's work, which is the new flesh? Well, yeah. I think Or not. Fuck it, I don't care. This might have been the first <laughs> time that he, like, really, like, that vocalized that, it yeah it came out vocalized and and as a as just a you know thing that was right there on the table with it, what's funny well, is it freaked me out is i had a nightmare when i was a kid of someone shooting a gun that had like genetic ma- programming on it into somebody and it sort of did what it did to barry convex oh, so when God. i saw this movie it was just like whoa crystal <laughs> said genetic material which would mean some guy was shooting his load at him. Right. Well, you can almost see there's almost like a rape thing where first Barry, you know, he's getting back at Barry Convex for his yeah. raping yeah. of his stomach vagina by shooting his gun seed into Barry Convex in it. Now we're it's like in Zardoz exactly. here, you know. <laughs> so yeah, if anyone else, the penis is bad. The gun is good. The penis shoots life, and the gun brings death. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did anyone else notice that the tapes they're using, especially anything going into the 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 vagina in in the in the stomach, they're all Betamax? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're they're smaller. Because the problem was the appliances. They couldn't keep use the uh, when he's sitting on the couch and he's reaching into there. 
the he's actually it's he's actually in the couch and that's a prosthetic in the front right. he's reaching in and anytime they have to put their hand they have to be Betamax because they couldn't get the wound big enough and make it look real so they had to shrink it down otherwise it was just getting too on really and it just was heavy well, and stuff well, plus so it's they, like real life I mean once you put your hand in one of those it's pretty much useless anyway so. well, but, <laughs> but I'm saying is that they <laughs> oh, oh, dude <laughs> I'm trying to make a salient point about Betamax. I'm trying to make a silly point. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I think we've had, you know, a few silly points. So I just, yeah. you know, it's just from saying. Go for it, it go for it. It just was funny that, that you look silly at. Silly points is like the worst strip club I have ever been to. I'm going to leave <laughs> a, terrible, a terrible review on Yelp. That's... Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if you think about it, like they're using Betamax and it's so, again, like we said before, this is a movie that is light years ahead of its time, but yet grounded in when it's made. They're, Kids don't know what a VHS set is, let alone what a Betamax is. You know, that's the old thing. Like, oh, this is beta. I oh, just keep pushing it; it'll get in there yeah, eventually. Kind of thing. <laughs> you know, um, it's it's just kind of funny when you see those kind of things like that. Um, also, you notice the um, uh, crap when it, when it, when he after he when the gun comes out and it's actually made to his hand. Yeah. Right. How how and again, it's starting to look. And I mean, the gun itself is the phallic, but it's how the veins run up it. And it looking more like you know a like a penis, uh, well, you know. And, and, but even even beyond the sexual imagery there with with the the phallic gun, I mean, a gun being a phallus in in North American cinema, no, no. you know, I never <laughs> yeah. in that time. Well, it's half um, phallus, half cancer. Everything looks right. cancerous. Yes. Yes. But and and but it, it the um uh, da- Professor Oblivion's daughter tells him when she when he goes to kill her, he's like they they can play you like a videotape recording. And and Chris, you were talking about this earlier about you know that that it's so it's not subtle at all that they ram it into him and then he's programmed to do this. He you know it's um, he he exists almost at that point as a construct. You know Max is like Professor Oblivion says we watch the TV screen and that creates reality. In his new realities, okay, they have put the tape in him. They're playing the tape in him. Now he's an assassin. The gun is part of him. Yep. It's not just that I'm holding a gun. I'm an assassin. I am the gun. I am the weapon. And then that's why, it's like you were saying before, Chris, is that it alternates in scenes where he's holding the gun or it's the cancer gun. You know, what? what is, you know, what it, it changes from shot to shot sometimes in the same scene. You know, and that that's another thing I think that Cronenberg does. You know, you watch sometimes where there's, I've seen people call that like discontinuity. It's like, that's not discontinuity. That is totally on purpose. It's yeah. there to make you confused and yeah. be un- un- uneasy about it. It's like, wait a minute. What the fuck is with his hand? Now, wait, okay. Maybe I just saw it wrong. Cause now it's a gun. No, that that's got veins on it. That's part of him. So yeah, yeah. it's, you know, it's, 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 it's this it's whole idea just, about yeah. it. It's not, discontin- it's not discontinuity. Like on. the beer's half full. Now the beer's empty. Now the beer's full. Yeah. It's not that kind of, it's not, that's, that's discontinuity. This is truly, a perp- it's the a, discontinuity of his life perception yeah, of life. Yeah, his reality is is, right. is discontinuous. Yeah, like, do we know if the you know if the gun actually attached itself to his hand, or does he just think that it did? Right. Yeah. Ooh. Who knows anymore? We don't know. That's the problem, man. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah. So no, I mean, I, this this was just a like I said, just watching. And you know, Jay alluded to this earlier. I, I told my wife the last uh, on Friday night when we were eating dinner. I said, "No, sometimes I watch movies for the show, and I think you know she might like this." It's like, no, no, this no. one doesn't fall into that. Nope, not gonna nope. happen. <laughs> yeah, nope. there's no way in hell I'm gonna be able to get my girlfriend to watch this. that one. Cross that one right off the list and let's move on. Okay. So, real quick, I just want to throw this out there because I had I came across this. And I read 
there's actually uh, a really, I don't remember when it's from. It's a great article. Um, it was called Trans Transmission Suicide. It was in Rue Morgue, and it's awesome. It's Cronenberg talking about the film, and there's all different kinds of stuff. Um, and when I was doing other research for the film, I came across this quote from Andy Warhol, right? He called this movie a clockwork orange of the 80s. Now, think about something. We've all seen Clockwork Orange. Everyone yep. on board here? Okay. Yep. Um, or read it, at least. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, no, I read the book, you know, kind of thing. Um, uh, think about that. Think about like that statement. Like, this is, like, think about like, a Clockwork Orange and how crazy that was, you know, from, like, that's 1971, and there wasn't anything else like that happening. This is that kind of thing. It's just yeah. pushing that envelope. It's 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 you're, you're bending reality. You're not sure what you're seeing. Um, you know you, you know you're seeing things, but is that real? I mean, you know, as he's as you're watching, um, as he's whipping, he thinks he's whipping the TV that that has Debbie Harry. He, he's he's whipping the TV, and he's really. It turns out to be the uh, the other the other dealer, like Tessa or whoever she yeah. is, right? And then and he wakes up and she's dead in his bed, and, and she's whipped to death in his bed, and you're just like. Man, it's just it's all over there. It's it's but, just like yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Right. And then it, and then even even the, but even the second half of Warhol's statement there saying it's Clockwork Orange for the 80s. Just mm-hmm. having James Woods as our protagonist. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there a more 80s looking guy except maybe Michael Douglas? Right. Than, than James Woods. <laughs> you know, I was like, "How you doing, James Woods? How you doing?" You know? Well, and it, uh, it's Ooh, a piece of candy. <laughs> So you know it's uh, it, it it it's it's very much in a Clockwork Orange, but it's very much a product of the eighties. Yes, you know the uh, the we're, I mean eighty three. Understand again, this is Canadian, but we're into the Reagan administration. You know the uh, the 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 more 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 the 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 yuppie generation. All of that's really just trying to be reflected in this, and and the 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 rise of the immorality. And the you know the, the the culture is going is is dying and all this stuff that was coming out of the the late seventies early eighties it's all reflected here in much the same way that the fears coming out of you know the uh, coming out of the sixties after uh, you know the Manson murders in nineteen seventy were reflected in Clockwork Orange right. you know that the changing of society it's, it used to be don't trust anybody over forty and then suddenly one of their own long hairs is a friggin' psychopath. It's like, okay, well, now it's like, well, this guy wears, he goes to work in a suit and a tie just like me. I can, I can understand where he's coming from. No, you can't, because maybe he's got a box of tapes in his closet of, you know, of, of people getting, uh, you know, violently uh, tortured and raped. You don't know that, you know, that, and that, that's the idea, again, we were saying before about it was skeevier back then because guys had to dupe these tapes and mm-hmm. send them out to it. The movie VHS could not exist without Videodrome setting the stage for this, this idea, you know, popularizing this idea of the, uh, you know, the pirated video and the tape traders and all that stuff, you know? I, I don't think anyone's ever connected Videodrome and VHS before. That's a we're Weird breaking, Al's. We're breaking new ground. We are. Weird Al. UHF, Videodrome, and VHS, boom, roasted. Right here, the vault. The perfect trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, let me tell you something. Somewhere between Videodrome and UHF lies the truth. I think it's closer to UHF, to be completely honest. I'm saying honest. it's going to be Probably. Because we connected Videodrome like, with UHF, and now Luke's talking about VHS and even VHS2 and VHS Viral, those other ones that have come out. Uh, you know, the idea that they like they even calling it VHS, just even calling it that, and kids are and like, I mean, you know, nowadays, I mean, we all know what it is, but we're like, V. Oh, they mean like the old stuff, like you know, I mean. But um, 
just real quick, I just want to mention this before I forgot. The uh, um, when they shot when he, when he shoots um, uh, convex with the with the cancer gun, and he falls down, and all he starts splitting open, and all the oh stuff starts goodness. coming out. Oh, that's fantastically well, creepy. Well, think oh, about it. Ready for this? So Baker and his crew didn't have money to do a test run. <laughs> what you're seeing on film is the one and only time they did it. <laughs> right? So they what you're saying, it's like the man with the golden gun. <laughs> Cut, print, we are done. We are done. <laughs> right? They didn't have any money to do it. So so when Baker, because they have Baker on talking about it, you know, obviously with white hair now, and he's like, well, back then, you know, we didn't really have any money to test it. So we kind of thought this might work, and we kind of thought this would do this, and we kind of just stealing this idea from here, and, and it worked. You know, it's like yeah, it's but, a pretty but, damn good effect. But, but doesn't yeah. that speak those volumes though too to a to a, a someone who's a true master who just retired, Rick Baker? How amazing he is, and he didn't get recognized until later on. Uh, you know, I mean, he he won his Academy Awards and stuff like that. But think about that. Things like that taking a kid. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't like uh, like Rob Bottin young, but he was still a kid, and with a bunch of other kids going, how are we going to do this? I don't know. Let's figure it out. And just figuring out, not I don't know, Matt. Let's give up, you know. Kind of, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> Do we just kill him on screen? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, nowadays, I'm just, nowadays it's just like yeah, we'll CGI it. We'll CGI it yeah. exactly. I'm, and, sorry, I'm just reminded of the Penny Arcade, where uh, they they're Gabe and Tycho are talking about what was that actress from uh, that show, and they look it up. It's like, oh well, I can buy a tuft of her uh, pubic hair on eBay. It's buy it now. Should I get it? He's like, of course. What did we do before the internet? And then they <laughs> they cut to the two of them. Who was that girl from that show? I don't know. Want to go do something to help someone? Okay. Did this movie start the phenomenon of the mic drop? That was quite a mic drop. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it rolls like crazy, though. It, but it doesn't matter. It's still like, I mean, this is the this has to be the first mic drop. That's part of the creepiest effect, too, is that you keep hearing the guys screaming and gurgling and squishing yeah. through yeah. the mic. You know, but again, no, even then, nobody seems all that concerned outside. No, no one cares. Yeah. yeah. It's you, like, you well, hey, it. they they booked the room. They can do whatever the fuck they right. want to do. <laughs> you hear a guy scream. I mean, because he's, he's running out of the building, and you hear it throughout the entire corridor. This guy's screaming. As, as he's as his body is, you know, the cancers are growing out of him and he's splitting apart. And everyone's like, well, I wonder what's for lunch today. I don't know. Let's go down to the commissary. Like, yeah. no one seems... You know what it reminds me of? And and I don't... Again, there was a movie called Tales of the Crypt. I know there's a TV show, but there's a movie, uh-huh. which is really awesome, called there Tales of the Crypt. I have the novel there is, of it. There is, <laughs> there is a comic book called that, but there's a movie, uh, Tales of the Crypt, there's a, and a whole slew of comics, which are amazing, too. Um, in the movie... The guy who monkey paw, monkey's paw, when he yeah. when he she wishes him alive forever, and yeah. he cut him all up, and he goes, "I wish he's alive, all of him, and every single part of him is now alive, and his fingers are crawling, and she's chopping him up." Yeah, and you look at that, and it's all popping out, and it's like all living. That look at that effect there. Now that's uh, seventy whatever, whenever that was made over by Amicus. Look at that effect. It's very similar. All the things are coming out of them, and they're not crawling away, but they're pushing their way out. They're they're living cancers that are breaking their way out of them. And just think about the pain that would cause, like yeah. to have something inside you uh, that is that like is 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 not just bursting your skin, not just like it's not, not like, even inside you. It's part of you. It is yeah. you. You're, you're it's you. Yeah. It's just growing it's, and splitting yourself. 
and right. there's a and there is a great homage. I can say homage because the movie cost enough money; it's not a ripoff. In uh, <laughs> in Wishmaster, to that, to that scene when he says, "I hope he gets cancer. I wish he would get cancer and die." And that scene is almost shot exactly the same <laughs> yes. Yes. as it is here. And I'm and I'm pretty sure because that was K and B effects. That yep. was on purpose. That oh, that sure. was an homage to oh, to sure. Baker's work here. Well, remember K and B. I mean, all those guys. I mean, that's Baker. That they they idolize Baker. They got into this because of Baker. Yeah. You know that's why they made that they that that's what they yeah, wanted guy, to do. Yeah, they got guys like Baker and Stan Winston and that whole crew there. Of course, of course. But yeah, but so so it's like yeah that 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 scene obviously made such an impact and it is so unique because yeah. we we've seen so much crazy crap. I mean that's like eight minute like eighty four of like a ninety minute movie and we've so seen so much crazy shit up to that point that your brain is just like okay you can't even process it the first time you see it. Right. Like, what the fuck is going on? Think about the and difference it, between this, that and scanners. Scanners opens with the holy shit moment, right? <laughs> right. right? When, when when his head explodes in the beginning of Scanners, that I mean I have actually shown that in school to classes, and I'm like, so you guys at home, you're thinking like I can't figure out this math, and I'm like, well, watch this, and I show the head exploding. I still have a job, which is, speaks I think volumes to how well I actually teach math compared to like those kind of decisions. But like, I mean, like, kids it's are, like, an That's internet disgusting. meme now. Well, yeah. yes, no, it's no, a moving th- GIF. It's like one of the first <laughs> popular moving GIFs ever. Right. But it, uh, like, I think like it was the story of Ricky with the guy getting his head punched. Yes. You know? that's <laughs> yeah. I, also, I also show them that too. Um, but the thing was, it's like, think about that. That movie opens. You're like, okay, we're in. Okay, they're talking about there's you know 400. There's 4.8 billion people in the world. 287 are scanners, and that's how you lead into this movie. And he blows his head up, and you're like. Holy crap! And let's be honest, if you think about the rest of that movie, you know, with Scanners, it, it's a good science fiction movie, but it's truly, they're not blowing heads up until the end. There's not a whole lot of heads exploding the whole way through. Right, right. Well, just, what, what is, well, what does he say in, in Boogie Nights? We got to keep them in the theater after they blow that first load, you know? Yes. Well, <laughs> so I'm, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, yeah, but I'm saying, but think about Videodrome gives you different things. You're getting, like, just, like, it's it's weird, it's torture. There's there's the 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 samurai dreams thing the the the, the geisha takes it. it's a dildo that she's yep. masturbating with and you're like what what am I watching like this is just weird if you turn Videodrome on ten minutes in you you would be like you wouldn't first of all you wouldn't probably unless you knew what it was you'd be like what is this this looks wrong right <laughs> you know it's like you're like I, I don't even know what this is but you think about like think like that it's the difference in how you present the movie if you give someone that holy crap like you know you're watching scanners and and the funny part is is my wife has seen scanners and we got to that part she goes all right and she closed her eyes and went to sleep right and she woke up for the end of the movie where they're blowing each other up right and she goes oh my god it's again but that's what (laughs) scanners is right because that movie's not about them blowing up heads constantly it's about them in hiding and them going after and whatever this is about the depravity of it all the the complete complete just disgusting feel at no point do you feel bad for Max? Even when he's there killing him, you're now rooting for a, a guy who's a dirtbag his entire life. He's made bad choices. He's done the worst shit. He would he would he sell his easy. I'd sell my mom for good TV. That's what it is. And he's now killing somebody who's also a bad guy, but no one's really a good guy. And I'm not talking like anti-hero stuff like Rorschach and like Punisher. I'm talking like he's you don't you're not sitting there going, "Wow, thank God Max did that." You're, you know, <laughs> no, they're just sleazy, they're just sleazy businessmen. They're even exactly. kind, they're, they're kind of even funny sleazy businessmen. Yes, 
Max, yeah. just because you are a bad guy does not mean you are bad. Bad guy. <laughs> and at that's time and that's themely because James Woods, of course, played Hades in Hercules. Which is outstanding. Well, it's two true freaks. We're contractually obligated to talk about Disney at least once on every once, show. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the what? show about Videodrome. <laughs> I want to see the Videodrome attraction at Epcot. Uh, you, just, you have to go through a big they vagina hole in the beginning Neo. of it. Captain Neo. Uh, <laughs> I Wasn't fucking love that. Captain, that. Neo? Captain, Captain Neo was great. That was really good. That was really good. But I'm saying, but you know. But if you think about those kind of things, those like the, the way it's presented differently and how no one's truly a, a, a good guy and how it's just, just, I, I put it this way, you, you know when you watch something and you're like, man, I feel like I need a shower after that. Yeah, Not, we, you know, yeah, we went through that when we watched Cannibal Holocaust for that's, the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, perfect yeah. example. Cannibal Holocaust. I was thinking Jungle Holocaust or... Um, if like, the title Holocaust is in it and it's an oh. Italian guy directing your movie... Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at you, Ruger Diodato and Umberto Lenzi. <laughs> yes, both of you who I know listen. Yeah. Pasolini. <laughs> Could you imagine if they did? Can you imagine if we got an email and it's like like in that broken English that they don't really speak it so well? I don't speak it that much, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, why well, are you making fun of me? You I got like, one of those. <laughs> I got from one Umberto of those Lenzi? from Andrei Yododowski. But that was oh, oh. in it. But that was from Spain. But still, yeah. it was still in broken English. Well, you know what? Yeah. Jordeski's Dune. Let's not even go there. That's let a whole nother mind. Let me say this. Actually, th this is um, this is really kind of a um, I, that Segway school is paying off. But Jay, you mentioned us getting an email. <laughs> I want to jump in right now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go Cronenberg. I'm gonna go a little meta on us here because I need to talk about real life right now. If you Dude. want. To send the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror an email. Oh, you yeah. After five years, we've gotten the security clearance. Signore DiManzo has said, it's okay to let us do it. And oh, security DiManzo, the privilege. It is. So if you want to email us, it's freakvault, all one word, freakvault at gmail.com. And uh, you don't DiManzo, have to put... DiManzo was generous enough to get us a Gmail account, too. He went yeah. out. <laughs> get us a free Sorry. email account, right. That means that... Hey, that means... Uh, doesn't that mean a Google Google Plus account yeah. and everything? Uh, right now, it's just an email. But, yeah, you might see uh, uh, the Freak Vault showing I up. I think in other it places. automatically signs when you sign up for yeah. a Google account. So that means somehow we're on Google Plus now, too. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, it's just me and Shag on Google Plus. So, we'll, so uh, yeah, tell your friends. Tell your enemies. But, yeah, uh, yeah so freakvault at gmail.com if you want to email us. So keep those cards and letters coming, especially about something that, like Videodrome, that I'm sure should uh, create some thoughts and opinions in the listenership. Well, I'm 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 thinking we could go on about this movie for for days and days. Hours, yeah, days. hours and hours and hours. So I don't know, maybe we should just pick this as the arbitrary yeah. off point. So, any any uh final thoughts on uh Videodrome? Long live the new flesh. 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 I'm going to talk about having a, 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 an infection in my stomach vagina. <laughs>
<laughs> yeast infection. <laughs> yeah. You having an affair with a baker? Is that it? Yeah, he rolled me in flour and look for the wet spot. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, boy. <laughs> Just waiting for it. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. And this is your Uncle Don saying good night. Good night, little kids. Good night. We're off? Good. Well, that ought to hold the little bastards. <laughs>